Thank you so much for joining us this week on Teach Me How to Money. We have an incredible guest this week. We have Jean Chatsky. She is the host of Her Money Podcast, the CEO of HerMoney.com, and she's the financial editor at the Today Show. Thank you so much for joining me, Jean. It is my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. So we're going to get started right away, and we are going to get cracking on New Year's resolutions. Okay. What do you, what's your opinion in general about financial resolutions for New Year's? Oh, I'm of two minds. I, I think resolutions on the whole are, are fraught with difficulty because it is so hard to keep resolutions, whether you're making financial resolutions or health resolutions, that the research shows many, many people end up abandoning their resolutions by mid-February. Sure. And so whatever type of resolution you're going to make, and we're going to talk about financial resolutions today, I think it's important to not set the bar so high that you are going to A, fail, and then beat yourself up about it. Absolutely. I feel like people, they'll choose a very difficult resolution for New Year's, like you were saying, with like weight loss or fitness or finance. And it was something they had, they struggled with during the year. What makes people think that New Year's is like this magical time where they can make things happen that they couldn't make happen during the year? I don't know. I think it's just, you know, new year, new start. It's a little like September with back to school time that we we just get a do-over. And and you can have a do-over as far as your finances are concerned and you can set goals, which is really what financial resolutions are and meet them. You just have to do it in a way that sets you up to succeed rather than fail. So, what would be a tip for somebody who wanted to make a New Year's financial financial resolution. So you were saying, um, what's a way to not set yourself up for failure? Well, first I would say get a hold of your why. And, and by that I mean, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do this as opposed to doing something else? When we look at changing habits, changing habits is, is very, very related, very much related to what we're talking about here. When we when we look at changing habits, if if people can get themselves to a point where they see more pros than cons to changing the particular habit, then the likelihood that they're going to succeed doing that goes way up. And and there are pros and cons to all of these things. I mean maybe you're thinking, okay, I want to save more money this year. The, the pro to that is I'll feel more secure. I'm doing a good thing for my future. I'm going to give my money more time to grow. The con is I'm not going to be able to do things that I'm used to sure. doing because I'm not going to have as much money to spend. And you have to get yourself to the place where you can see the upside more than the downside. And I actually like going really old school and putting it on a, a legal pad to, to weigh your arguments. There's something about putting it like literally in writing, you know, in ink to make it feel a little more real than just making a, a memo on your phone. I mean, that, that's what I think. I think so too. And I also think this exercise, and maybe it's, maybe it's just because this is the way I studied my whole life when I was, when I was taking a test, when I was um, studying to do a television segment, I, I literally wrote things out longhand. And I think when you go through that process, you remember them. So 
if someone is saying, I want to save more money in the new year, do you think it would be helpful to just dig into what they want to save for um, yes. and why they want to save for it rather than just have like a general like saving? Absolutely. Goals should be specific. They should be tangible and they should have a time limit. And so, yeah, first of all, why do you want to do this? You know, why do you want to save more money? Is it because you are saving for something specific? Are we talking about a down payment for a house? Are we talking about a car? Are we talking about a vacation? Are we talking about retirement? And I think we should talk about retirement a little bit separately. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that because it's such a long-term goal and and long-term goals need special ammunition to help us succeed. But whatever your goal is, you should try to attach a number to it. That's great. And so let's just take that vacation, for example, right? Let's say you, you want to go on a trip. You know it's going to cost $2,000. You know you want to take that trip six months from now. So now you've got a lot of information that you need to benchmark your way to reaching that goal. You take the the six months and you divide that into the $2,000 and I can't do that math in my head, but <laughs> you know, maybe you figure out, okay, I got to save uh, a little less than $400 a month in order to get there. And what does that break down week by week? It's a little less than $100 a week. And okay, I am going to make these changes in my spending to come up with $100 and then tell the bank to move $100 into a separate account that I have set up just to accumulate money for this trip. What about if somebody's goals are, you know, they, they want to get on top of their student loans or they want to pay off a credit card? What's a good way for someone to start without feeling too overwhelmed? Um, in both of those cases, in, in pretty much all cases of debt, what's really interesting is that making additional payments um, or paying a little extra than you are told that you owe on the on the bill that you get every single month, whether it's a credit card, whether it's a student loan, can make a huge amount of difference in the time it takes to get you out from under that debt. And so a mortgage is a really good example of this. If, if you make one extra payment each year on a 30-year fixed rate loan, it cuts the term of that mortgage down to about 24 years. So it saves you six years of interest just by making one extra payment each year. And, and the same is true when it comes to making an extra student loan payment and making an extra credit card payment. And there are tons of calculators online that you can use to help you see the benefit of paying a little bit extra. And that in and of itself can be hugely motivating. The one thing I, I would say, though, as far as all of these either or trade-offs are concerned is we, we need to look at where we're getting the best value for our money. And that may not be in debt repayment. It sure. may be in putting money into a 401k where you get matching dollars or into an investment account where you get market returns, particularly 
where the interest rate on that debt is low to begin with as well as deductible. I think that's really good advice. A lot of people I come to New Year's saying, this is the year I'm going to get my financial life together, you know, and then the whole idea becomes so overwhelming, they don't know where to start. So if there was someone who came to you and said, I know I need to do this, but it's all such a mess, where would you recommend them starting? Starting in two places. First is just save save more and do it automatically. I mean, I know this is in your DNA at Stash, but we need, we, we are a society of chronic undersavers. That's not 100% our fault. The system has changed around us over the last couple of decades to the point where we are so much more responsible for our financial futures than any generation that came before us. But we have no choice but to save a lot of money for our future. And the very best way to do that is to is to set it on automatic pilot so that it just happens. When you look at 401ks, 401ks, because of um, some changes in the law that allowed employers to automate their employees into participating into these programs and escalating their contributions, bumping them up every every year until they're maxing out. 401ks have become really effective saving vehicles. The problem is not everybody's got one. Sure. And um, even those people who have one don't always participate at, at the level they should be participating at. But my feeling is you got to figure out a way in your life to take a little of that 401k magic and apply it. So if you've got, if you're just, if your first retirement account is an IRA, maybe it's a Roth IRA, maybe it's a, a traditional IRA and you're opening it, don't just open it, open it and set it up so that every single time you get paid or every single month, money is automatically pulled out of your checking account and deposited in this retirement account. Same for 529 plans, same for health savings plans, same for that discretionary account for the vacation that we were talking about. Make sure that you are saving consistently, habitually, and and saving enough. And That doesn't mean, so we talked a little bit about resolutions and why they fail. Resolutions fail because we try to do too much too soon. Absolutely. And so if you've been listening to the financial experts on the planet, like me, (laughs) you know we like to say you got to save 15%. And and there's a a reason for that. If you save 15% of what you're earning pretty consistently over the course of your career, you will have enough to retire on. The problem is if you are starting at zero and you try to get yourself to save 15%, it's a crash diet and you absolutely are going to implode. So start at 2% and do that until it's three months from now and you're like, this is really easy. I could do a little more and then bump it up and bump it up again and bump it up when you get a raise and bump it up when you have a birthday or you're looking to celebrate. Just don't try to go all in because it's it's 
it's really, really hard for human beings to do that. I always think about uh, how when people want to get in shape, they haven't been to the gym in, in a year or so, and then they buy like that insanity workout on TV. And yeah. then, you know, the, the first day they're like, yeah, I could do this. Look at me. I'm in better shape than I thought. And then day two, they're like, oh, wait, I'm really sore. But I'll, and then they do it kind of half-heartedly. And then by day three, they're just, they're just incapacitated. And then they just never do it again because it's all so awful. And why do we, we expect so much from ourselves in the things that we struggle with the most? I, I know it doesn't really, it's not really logical at all, but human beings are not especially logical people. I mean, there's a whole science of behavioral finance that has sprung up around the topic of why people do, why smart people sure. do stupid, do stupid things with money. And, and so you got to give yourself a break and you also have to give yourself support. One of the things that we know can make your resolutions more likely to succeed is having somebody else in the picture that either is doing it with you or cheering you on, but holding you accountable in some way, an accountability buddy. If you're trying to reach a financial goal, find an accountability buddy that you can tell what's going on and ask them Ask them to hold your feet to the fire and offer to do the same for them. I mean, I, you know, we talk about exercise. I've got a running partner. I've had her, I, I mean, our, we started running together when our sons were about six, month old, six months old and they were both in baby joggers. And today those six month olds are 24. Wow. So we've been, you know, we've been running together for that long and some days I can't make it, some days she can't make it, but we, we arranged to meet on a corner in, near the woods where the cell phone service is pretty slim to none. We're going to show up. Absolutely. And, and just like anything difficult in life, you need help and support, you know, whether it's going on a diet or exercising or doing anything scary. You know, we think we have to do these tough things alone. And when it, and finances, if you struggled with it all year, New Year's, in my opinion, New Year's isn't going to become this magical day when we become a new person. You're not like Cinderella. You know, you wake up in 2019 and you're just a different person. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely not going to to be that. But if you can give yourself the right framework to help yourself to succeed, and and maybe it's automating. Um, some of that money that you're trying to put away. Maybe it is having an accountability buddy. Maybe it's knowing your why. If you can set all of these things up for yourself, then you have a much better chance of succeeding. So the one thing about New Year's is that it comes after a time of of a lot of spending in the holidays. Yes, it does. So there's a lot of, <laughs> I think a lot of, not necessarily remorse and regret, because ideally people had a nice holiday and everyone was happy, I, hopefully, ideally. But um, why, how can someone make a resolution to have a smarter, more financially savvy holiday next year? I like the idea of paying the holiday bill in advance. And the way to do that is to just set up yet another savings account. And here's the thing with savings accounts. As long as you've got a checking account, they're going to let you open as many different savings accounts as you want, and they're not going to charge you any more for that. So open a separate account and figure out what the holidays cost you this year, and then move the money over the course of the year. Maybe it'll be, I don't know, $10 a week 
$20 a week, just move the money into that account. And that way, when you get to next December, it's there. All you have to do is use it and your holidays are already paid for. I mean, that's ideal. Yeah. And if you like the idea of gaming it up, I mean, for some people, we need to play mind games to get ourselves to do these things. One of the... um, one of the fun savings games that I've played through the years is doubling the money every week. So you start by saving a dollar. Next week, you save $2. The week after that, you save $4 and $8 and $16. It, it does go up. By the end of the year, you're saving some significant amounts of money. But by the end of the year, you'll have $1,400. Absolutely. I think um, I think they call it the, the 52-week rule. Yeah, the 52-week challenge. Yeah, I mean, you can pay for your entire holiday, your airline tickets home, gifts gifts for your family, and you can even come, come back with a little bit extra to spare. It's just such a great idea. And then to not have it on your credit card, paying it off in 2019, it's such a relief. And if you got cash gifts for the holidays and you want to do the 52-week challenge, flip it. Start with the big numbers and use your cash gifts to, to fund the big numbers and end with the smaller ones when holiday season has rolled around and you're feeling like you want to go out more with your friends. Absolutely. So this is my last question. How? Well, first of all, uh, what do you think your New Year's resolutions are going to be? You know, um, I suspect that my New Year's resolution is going to be meditate. I've been Ooh. I've been dancing around the topic of trying to get myself to do a little bit of mindfulness meditation, five, 10 minutes a day. I haven't become very good at it yet, <laughs> but, you know, every day may be too much for me. Maybe I'll start off with three times a week or something and, and I'll try to get myself there. Well, maybe you need what a- What about you? Maybe you need a, we both need a meditation mindfulness accountability buddy. Exactly. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> you know, I think, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about my resolutions for next year. And um, this advice you're giving to our audience is advice I'm taking for myself. I often have very lofty goals for my career, goals for fitness. And I tend to have that new year, new new you <laughs> um, shiny desire too. So I'm taking a lot of this advice to just take baby steps, write it out. Every step I want to do, make a little sub step and to put a number and a resolution behind it. So there's just a lot I want to do next year. And I don't know if it's just with the, the difference in a goal and a resolution is something that I'm, I'm sort of working out in my head. Do you have any thoughts on the difference between those two? I think they're very similar. I think I think resolutions are goals that you hope will um, you'll stick with once you achieve them. Well, this has been fantastic, and thank you so much for joining us. And I hope one day you'll come back to us and talk a little bit about mindfulness and meditation and money. I think that'd be a fantastic topic, and I'm sure that our our, our listeners would love to learn more about that. Oh, thanks so much. And I hope that your listeners will um, check out hermoney.com and the Her Money podcast. Absolutely. And is there a place where they can follow you on social media? Uh, I'm, on, I'm all over social media. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm at Jean Chatsky on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, um, and on LinkedIn. Well, it's been such a pleasure. I think this has been incredibly helpful and it's been very helpful for me. And I hope we get to talk to you again soon. Me too. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Teach Me How to Money. Send us your questions at teachmehowtomoney at stashinvest.com and we'll try to answer them on a future episode. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on the iTunes store. 
Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't have Stash yet? Just go to stashinvest.com slash podcast, and you can get $5 to get you started on your investment journey. Stash, it's your money. Simplified. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from Stash to the listener. Neither Stash nor any of its officers, directors, or employees makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of these statements or any of the information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Stash, and Stash is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice by Stash to the listener, nor to constitute such a person a client of Stash.